0: Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than PrizePicks. Prize picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Heart Tell Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code BACKPACK. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. Stuff podcast episode 223. Dexter Henry Brian Fonseca here.
1: Stay strong, Greg. Our boy Greg just got hacked on Instagram. I thought I'd yep, mention that at the top of the show. Yeah, I hit him up earlier about that. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just right. trying to get his account back, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's
0: account- Yo, a lot of people I know get hacked these days, man. Like out here just getting hacked. Like, luckily, I've been able to survive that and all my social media accounts. But anyway, uh. Brian, how are you doing? This episode is, I think, going to be exciting for you. You yes, know, why. sir. You know why? Because we're talking about violence. Yes, sir. For the whole episode, and I'm actually not even sure if our guest understands how much Brian loves violence.
1: But sanctioned violence. Sanctioned violence. I don't, even, sure. I don't yeah, endorse like <laughs> stupid testosterone shit like war or anything <laughs> like that. I don't think we need that. But look, sanctioned violence or within reason. Uh, I feel like I'm getting a little echoed there. Uh sanctioned violence and within reason, you know, and it's also it's NBA playoff time. We're not gonna get into too much NBA playoff stuff today because frankly, we've been doing that on a lot of other platforms. A lot so of a lot of pods, yep. Um but look, man, all I'm gonna say is uh I'm very excited about uh both the show and the guests that we have today. Yes, definitely excited about
0: this guest. Uh been a long time coming. She does a lot of work uh with Brian on FanDuel, and they talk Story. about sanctioned violence. Our guest today. I'm not going to mess up her last name because I practiced it before we came on here. Brian is looking at me like I'm going to mess it up. She's from north of the border. She does work for FanDuel, contributing, talking about that sanctioned violence. Also on TSN, her name is Chantel Chant. She is with her. Chantel, did I get that right?
2: Yeah, you got that right. You nailed that one. I don't know what names you were getting wrong before, but you you killed that.
0: Young. Not many, not many, not, many, not like, many. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Like my and my since he's
1: and, and since he intros the show because he's more professional than I am, I let him go out and you know try to try to get that right. While well, I could just sit back here and just sort of mess up the show from the background. Yeah, he did
2: we, he did give you some game before, right? So yeah. you were like coaching, you were coaching that part.
1: Yeah, he put me on game before. So that was good. Like
0: I, I he could have let me just go out there. You know what I'm saying? Like could have just been hanging out there. But you know, we we did fine. Chantel, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm ready to talk about uh some violence because I do enjoy it as well. Sanctioned violence, that is. Yes, yes.
0: okay. So I have a, I, before we get into stuff, I got a question for both of y'all. Why y'all love violence so much? Like I I kind of know what Brian, but Chantel, like what drew you into the sanctioned violence and you're like "Ooh, I I like this I want to talk about
2: it wait hold on what is Brian's story because he likes extreme violence you know what I mean like (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm glad glad you know right okay but hold on that now I'm gonna get I'm gonna answer your question I'm not gonna avoid but that brings me to another thing you said extreme violence I just want to know like where do you draw the line of your violence like is there a place where you're like Oh, I yeah, have a line, too. Sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yes. Know you
1: okay, so, uh, Dexter, you know, <laughs> you know that I like wrestling. You know that I like yes. wrestling, all yeah. right? So, my line would be, like, the super hardcore deathmatch fucking, you know, GCWs doing this now. Uh, I think XPW has some experience doing this. Like, when it's, like, super bloody for no fucking reason, like, ECW is kind of, like, my line. Okay. And even yeah. some of the shit that they would do back in the day, though I was very young, would be, like, all right. Okay. But like it's when it's super like just deathmatch bullshit in the middle of a backyard or whatever, like I'm not for that at this
0: point. But Chantel in. says you like extreme violence, right? That tells me Chantel. I just
2: meant I meant like I just meant like every type of violence. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, <laughs> like Brian, do you used to watch like those fight videos on YouTube?
1: Oh, come on, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that is true. You know, okay, like, okay. that's I'm, extreme violence, that's, love, that's
2: extreme love, violence. I love,
1: I love Narcos, I love The Wire, you know what I'm saying, yeah. but, but like, I will, I won't lie, there's this other series I wanna check out, I think it's called Somos on Netflix, and like, I didn't realize how prepared I needed to be for that. So, like spoiler alert for people who I don't know who fucking haven't watched so most that want to see it. But in the first episodes, very early, somebody gets shot in the head. And I wasn't prepared for that. I was just gonna get a workout in or whatever. And sometimes I like watching fights when I work out. You would imagine I'm the sure one. I'm does. sure you I'm sure you But do. when I saw that, I was like, Whoa, I I wasn't ready for that. I had to change course and watch like, you know, Rami or some shit. This was a long time ago.
0: So Chantel, I will say this. <laughs> I
1: I I I love boxing. I, yeah. I've
0: never been able to get into the MMA. That just has not been my thing. I just can't. It's just, I, it's like, okay, I just can't really get into it. But Brian, I feel like, yes, you're right with Brian. Any form of violence, street fights, whatever, a basketball court, hockey, he's going to watch it. Brian has texted me at times telling me he has just watched, went through a little binge of whatever fights from the 90s in basketball. He's Yeah. He's Yo, that's fan. one of my favorite NBA things to do. Yes, like, Yo, those are like, my
2: favorite things to do. <laughs> I forget what fight it was. I think it was T-Mac and Bobby Jackson. That was a good one. Go yes. back and watch that one on YouTube. That was yo. a solid fight. I love that fight. I also I love you. the Kobe and Reggie one. I That one's a good one to go that's to That's a good sometimes. one. I actually
1: remember that, but I've never got back to watch Ray that. Allen and yeah. Keon dueling, people forget, ended up in like the first row of a game. Yeah, and I, I feel like one of my favorite things to too. watch
0: fights, I'm like, I've been missing out. Maybe Aaron
1: Aflalo, I think it was Aaron Aflalo, slapped the shit. Out of, I think it was Nemanja Bialica on the back of yes. his head or whatever the case may be. Like, <laughs> I love looking those up and then immediately Googling after in a separate tab their names just to see if they got suspended for it or if it got <laughs> fined or whatever the case may be. <laughs> back I in I the wish, day, was NBA. I wish that in two K my my player could get into fights. I would draw players. every time. Yeah. I, would, yeah, 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 I
2: would draw every damn. If you could do that, they should have that option in two K.
1: I would have my backup point sick. guard just like try to fight Trey Young. You know, try to go at Joel Embiid. Watch like, Trey Young.
0: Why Trey Young. Why you like to go Trey Young?
1: Go after the stars, yo. You want some of this? Like, let's go. Like, like, come on.
0: I would, uh, man.
1: It's a sorry. missed opportunity for two K. Like, we so- should I'm have so-
0: fuffles and shit in video games. I'm sorry, Chantel. I just I had a lot of I had a lot of questions. Um, but we, wait, we, hold we on. Were- Before
2: we get into that, you know what game was actually really dope? Remember Def Jam Fight for NY?
0: I do remember Def Jam <laughs> Fight for NY. Yes,
2: that that was actually a good video game. I remember like Fat Joe was really tough to beat, and like Snoop was like literally uh the boss at the end that was a good game he's gonna throw that out there yeah
0: Underrated. yeah yeah no that, that definitely that definitely was a that definitely wasn't yeah, like
1: one. i'm the um, i'm the guy who creates like a player in nhl and you already know i'm an enforcer you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i'm creating a player and i'm an enforcer i always make sure that they're small too like ty Domi or some shit they'll be like five nine five ten yeah, has has it to be. It has, you got to represent for the short. Piece. It's annoying though because I'm always leading the league in penalty minutes and shit, and then the coach is like moving me to the third line, and that shit is annoying. Like,
2: you don't, don't want to be a third that. line player, man. No, nobody. nobody it's a waste. You wait, don't want to be
1: that. But when you're no. the enforcer, like, kind of is
0: what it is. You got to be the best. Uh, but Chantel, we thank you for for joining us here. This should be a fun one because you guys already have shown me your love of extreme violence, or Brian at least his love of extreme <laughs> violence. So uh, thank you. But, Chantel, every time we get somebody on here who's a fellow sports journalist or does kind of what we do, you know, we like for them to talk about what was your career path? Like, how did you get into this? How did you get to the point where you actually do videos with this guy, Brian Fonseca, and talk about violence? And somewhat like me, seem to not be annoyed by him, which is a skill in itself.
2: Man, I just love talking to other fight fans. Like, that's always fun, right? That's always something that you can, like, vibe with someone with but uh the way I started was uh back in the day when I was a kid growing up in Vancouver we wouldn't get all of the NBA games here up in Canada so I'd have to like wake up at like seven in the morning and I would watch NBA inside stuff with like Ahmad Rashad and uh, Summer Sanders and that was actually the reason why I wanted to get into sports and then at nine o'clock they'd play either the Knicks or the Bulls and um that's why I like I'm a crazy Knicks fan since I was a kid which is funny because I get clowned on a lot Uh, About that um, up here in Canada, but that's kind of what was like the seed for me to get into the business and then I ended up going to school for it Uh, finished my obviously my degree um, in broadcast journalism and then after that I ended up getting a job in Vancouver, but I was doing like traffic for like five years and I hated it. Um, But it was a way to keep my foot in the door. And I didn't have to move to like a small town in Canada. I wasn't down to do that. It's cold in the rest of Canada. Um, So I did that. And uh, then I ended up getting a job. While I was um, doing traffic, I was like, I can't talk about another stall. Like, I just can't do this. It's like not for me (laughs) or an accident. Like, I just was not down for that. And um, I ended up like making demos and I started sending them out. And then the Blue Jays minor league team caught wind of it. And they gave me a job as like their field reporter on television. And from there, I ended up getting a job with TSN radio, had my own show on there, um, did a bunch of like um, sports update reports and all that stuff. And then from there, I I ended up uh, transitioning into TV and whatnot. So that's kind of how it all started, though.
0: Nice. That's really good. So out, Brian. That was great by Chantel. She did a lot of stuff. But what was the most important thing I heard there from Chantel? Please, come on, you have to be paying attention. The most important thing I heard there from Chantel that I did not know about her. Chantel, I already liked you, love your work, but I just liked you a whole lot more. Went from like here to like here. You can't even see it on the camera now. You are also a Knicks fan like me. Hell yeah! You have been Hell, suffering been t- like me. And you have no
2: idea. You have no oh, idea. I get clowned.
0: Oh, he does. Oh, he does. <laughs> I have to talk to you about how even in New York. People would clown me during my middle school days for being a Nick. Yeah, it was it was rough. Okay, Chantel, I told you you just went from here to here. Like
2: Thanks, we man. here. I, I, got, we, I knew we here. had this like connection, you know. And I was like, yeah. you're not a Knicks fan, Brian? Like, are you like still a fan? Like you're not a Brooklyn fan. I, right? I'm not a
1: Knicks hater. Like I'm I'm actually generally a Nick optimist. Um, but like I'm not somebody who like I don't give a fuck if they win or lose, you know? Like I that's just kind of where I'm at with it. I I Dex knows I really like RJ Barrett. Um, and I think organizationally, they're in a pl- better place now than when I grew up, because I remember uh, in video games, like I like using the Knicks in video games back in the day, except yeah. when they had like Jerome James and all that <laughs> shit. But yeah, I mean, you know, now I'm not really a Nick fan.
0: No, that, not he's not like us at, at all whatsoever. I'm a... I grew up pretty much a diehard Knicks fan. I've been long-suffering. Chantel, you know the pain. You know the pain, sis. You know I it. watch
2: preseason games, man. Like, come on. Like, you know yeah. the, the
0: only team I still really root for is the Mets. And okay. You're a Knicks fan in Canada. In Western Canada, should we add. It's a Knicks fan in Vancouver, so... Yeah. yeah.
2: And it, that's why I get on the Raptor fan so much. Right. Because they're just like bandwagoners. Right. They don't they don't know. I mean, yeah, they do. Like they've been through pain, but they don't know what it's like to be a Knicks fan. You know, that's
1: right.
0: That's so, right. You let them know. Chateau. Exactly. And, them, you, them
1: know. And, and you were you. I asked you this before, but you weren't mad about like the, the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzlies moving over from Vancouver. Oh, to Memphis. I
2: was. I'm still mad about it. Like every time oh. I watched the Memphis play. <laughs> every, oh. And even back in the day, remember when there used to be like those Memphis OKC matchups? I always think like that could have been Vancouver and Seattle. Um, Mm. so yeah, I was like, I was like a kid though, when they left, but I was still devastated. Um, Sharif's like, obviously my favorite grizzly of all time.
0: Mm. So
2: yeah, I was pretty upset about
0: it. Yeah. It it always, it's always been made to sound like most people didn't care in Vancouver about the grizzlies and you know, there wouldn't be that much passion about it, but you're right. That could have been Vancouver, Seattle. That could have been a nice Pacific Northwest battle there. Instead we have OKC.
2: Yeah. Uh Seattle should have a team for sure. Like I think Vegas will probably get one pretty soon. But I think, like, it's weird that Seattle doesn't have a team. That's a great sports now.
0: I was just talking with somebody about Vegas this, and I feel too. like if, yeah, I'll talk to somebody from Seattle about this, and it's like, if they're going to do Vegas and expand, it only makes sense to do two, and you should bring Seattle. And then I also would like them to move Memphis and possibly New Orleans and Minnesota to the Eastern Conference, which is what I would like. Vegas right. and Seattle. Makes yep. sense. You know what yeah, I just—you
2: know what I want to say. They don't even have Grizzlies in Memphis. Like, come on, man, just bring the no, Grizzlies no, back
0: to back. No, <laughs> no, Chantel, I'm so with this. You cannot have things in your team name that have nothing to do with where you're from, right? Yeah. Like, I—you know—I can't. St- I love jazz. Can't stand the jazz in Utah. Ain't nothing about the jazz in Utah. Trust me. If no. you've been to Utah, ain't nothing about like jazz in Utah. Okay. Like we. Come on. You know exactly. we don't need that.
1: Yeah. But move with the, with move Memphis and New Orleans to the Eastern Conference where they belong. And that'll be what, seventeen? So you're gonna have to figure something else out. You if, honestly, the Bulls should probably be in the Western Conference, but whatever. And you know if, if they're gonna expand, Aww. if they're gonna expand I know they're not going to, but like geographically it would make sense, but whatever. I don't care about that part. All I'm gonna say is that like I would like to see a team in Seattle again, and oh, the other oh, team yeah. you already know is gotta be Mexico or Puerto Rico. I don't give a fuck. All right. You got you gotta give us a team. You know what Mexico. I'm saying? Like dude, Mexico City, Mexico City's kind of far, but like, yo, ain't nobody trying to do that.
2: They they were do talking it. about Puerto Rico though at one point. Like, I think Puerto here's, Rico my, was here's my thing. Right? Now
1: that we have Chantel on, I could say this. They like all the and I wrote about this for Latino Rebels in the future like months ago. All these sports leagues have teams in Canada. These leagues that are rooted in America have teams in Canada. Why not fucking Mexico or Puerto Rico for that matter? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean,
2: mean I mean, there's there's been talk about the NFL in Mexico City, but um, mm-hmm. I could see if the NBA was to expand, like, why not Puerto Rico, right? Like, it, I don't know. It's been talked about. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of. But I still think Vancouver needs a team. We could have one now. We could we could support one now for sure. You know why it didn't work? Because Stu Jackson made the worst picks ever. Who the yeah. hell drafts Big Country Reeves?
0: Big Country Reeves. Oh, come man. on.
2: Like, don't even get me started on how bad those draft picks were for the Vancouver Grizzlies. They didn't give us a chance at all. But uh, right now, like, we are, like, we could definitely have a basketball team. So um, I'm hoping we get one maybe down the line. You never know.
0: Last thing I'll say on expansion, because I think Chantel makes a great point about that too, is that and how, how much talent that you have? If you're going to start a franchise in a new market, matters. Because if you don't have players that people want to come and see, they're not going to come out and see that. And you, to be honest, when I think about those early Grizzlies teams like Greg Anthony, Brian Country yeah. Reeves, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, you wasn't going to get anybody to be excited. At least the Raptors, when they started, they had like David Stodemeyer on the team and Marcus you know, Canby. Marcus Canby. Right. Vince Carter. His, they had some right, yeah, a couple Vince, years later, Vince Carter. Right.
2: You know what's wild is like Vince doesn't get the props he deserves for like what he did in Toronto because the way he left because a lot of the Toronto fans are like all like they're so mad about some stuff that happened years ago but like if it wasn't for Vince like the Raptors wouldn't even be like he's the foundation of that he built that you know what I mean like people were checking for Raptors games because of Vince um, so they definitely got to give him more credit because they want to they want to retire Kyle Lowry's jersey and I'm like okay but I mean Vince's jersey should be retired
0: I think, there's a fair yeah. argu- I think there's a fair argument to that. Like,
1: definitely a fair argument to that. I'm you're looking right. at their draft picks now, too. I'm looking at their draft Vancouver's? picks now, too. and Yeah, Chantel, you have a
2: Oh, point. my God. We could have had Kobe. We could have had Steve Sharifa Nash. Sharif
1: abdul like- was a good one. But then you have, like, Antonio Daniels went fourth overall, who's a good broadcaster now, but, like, fourth overall pick. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bibby, I think he was eventually traded for White Chocolate, who, you know. Yeah. Yeah, highlights, but he was inefficient as fuck. Steve Francis didn't even want to go there. Stromile nope. Swift was a and bust. And we
2: still, so. yo, we still drafted Steve Francis. Like, why would you draft him? You know, remember he had that commercial about Canadian bacon and everything?
0: Yep. I remember that. I don't uh, remember that's that. That's crazy. He oh, you
2: did? got to go on YouTube. Go oh, YouTube that. That.
0: I've funny. seen this before. Really? I've seen it. That's I like Canadian bacon. That's how much of an NBA nut I am. But that's, I've actually seen that before. Yes. Uh, well, that's that's classic that. stuff. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. You yeah. have bad draft picks. And it's all Stu Jackson. Like, I'm telling you. Like, he's, he... He put that team into the ground.
0: Yeah, man. and the, the narrative gets put out there that oh, Vancouver was a market that couldn't support the NBA. But I'm a, I'm in agreement with Chantel where it's like if you make good picks and you have an exciting young team, this can work. I mean, shit, it's working. It's worked in OKC. Yeah, <laughs> they made some, it, some great picks. You know what I'm saying? And yeah.
2: and every time the Raptors come out here, like it's sold out because they always play like a preseason game, and it's preseason, mm-hmm. so you know the players are not they're like barely playing. That sells out like quick. Um, hmm. so we definitely could like have a basketball team here now, but oh. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but
0: <laughs> I don't think it'll happen anytime soon either. All right. But could we, we talk, we want to, before we get into the violence, the sanctioned violence yeah. sports rivalries in Canada, right? Like, are they as heated as we see here in the States, Chantel, you know, especially with the hockey, we know y'all it's crazy hockey up there, uh, north yeah. of the border, but how are the sports rivalries in Canada? And, and do you get, uh, do you get into it yourself?
2: Um, honestly, with the hockey stuff, like it's definitely a rivalry, especially like if it's like Toronto and the Habs, like they hate each other. I'm out in Vancouver on the West Coast. So like, I don't like the Flames or the Oilers and people go pretty hard for their teams. Um, But those are the rivalries and it can get pretty crazy, not so much for like obviously we have one basketball team and that's the Raptors in Canada. And a lot of people, if you're not from Toronto or like a diehard Raps fan, you're not going to be a Raptors fan. Like personally, like I could care less about the Raptors. Um, And then number two is like the one team that Canada really rides for is the Toronto Blue Jays. I would probably say, you know, so there's a lot of Jays fans that like hate the Yankees, hate the Red Sox and stuff like that. But um, I would say hockey. Yeah, we definitely, we take that personally. So um Right now, there's three Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and if you're in Canada and your team isn't in it, you're rooting for all those teams to lose. <laughs> <laughs> damn,
0: that's, a, that's a, yeah. We that's don't right. want
2: anyone to win it. Yeah, we don't want it's anyone to
0: win it. Are you a hockey fan? Do you have a hockey team that you
1: support?
2: Yeah, I'm like a Vancouver Canucks fan. So, oh, so you're a Canucks um, fan. Okay. Yeah, out here. Did Vancouver, you not appreciate
1: when The Rock cut a promo in Vancouver and called you all mother canuckers
2: no i didn't mind it was the rock man (laughs) I man. I, i didn't mind the rock's always out here in vancouver like doing movies and stuff so yeah
0: backpack broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content but now you can get more of the content you love For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become patreon today. We're gonna get into the sanctioned violence. This is gonna happen. Here we uh, fucking go. All right, Chantel, excited. Brian is gonna throw some fights. You, Brian, take it away. This is Brian's expertise.
1: He's gonna take it away. So here's what we have on because you're gonna pick the direction we go on. There's a lot of shit on the board. You could also go off the board if you really, really want to. But I think there's a lot of stuff on the board that you're gonna want to get at. So what should we get into first? We have. Canelo Alvarez being outboxed by Dimitri Bivol, which happened this past week, which was shocking to a lot of people. Uh, we have possible rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. And, well, that fight just happened. Uh, should we get Canelo and Triple G for the third fucking time or something else? Uh, Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. Still talking, still in the works, we think. We hope so. Uh, Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castaño, which is this weekend. And then we have a couple of UFC things. Rose Namajunas lays an egg versus Carla Esparza, which I'm still fucking mad about because I bet on that. Yeah, um, bet what's on that next too. for Charles Oliveira after dominating Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler kicking shit out of Tony Ferguson? So where we start?
2: Oh, that's all fire. Let's start with Canelo and Bivol because I think that's like the most there shocking thing go. that happened this weekend, right? Um, That's crazy. And we talked a little bit about the scorecards, I think, before we got on air. 115 to 113, like what fight were they watching? Dimitri <laughs> Bivol... They he dominated the entire fight. I think I gave Canelo like maybe three rounds if I was Yo, being a little bit nine, rigorous, three, you know nine
0: three at best, Chantal. Nine three mm-hmm. at best.
1: Yeah, that's 117, so, 111. And the thing, the thing is too, like Dimitri Bivol, like a lot of people didn't know about him prior to this, but and He's Russian, so you know it's a little like we gotta, you know, like we yeah. gotta, we kind of got a tittle around that part of it. He wasn't allowed to come out with the flag or have his national anthem sung before the fight because he is Russian and everything going on out there, that which we've talked about. But yeah, uh best light heavyweight in the world right now, probably twenty and no eleven knockouts, and he used his range and his jab to really outbox Canelo Alvarez. Chantel, like, did this surprise you? Because like I, I was somebody who wasn't underestimating Bevo. But I felt like I was in hindsight because I knew he was good, but I didn't see this coming.
2: No, you talked about it, man. Like he was controlling the distance and Canelo, I've never seen him that frustrated before. he was, Dimitri Bivol was throwing like jabs, triple jabs. And he was just using his jab to control that fight and the distance. And Canelo, like when he had him on the ropes, like when have we ever seen Canelo that frustrated before? And I think that because he was able to control the distance so well that he dominated that fight. And his footwork was looking pretty good. I've never seen Canelo be that frustrated before ever. And it kind of just brings up the question, like, was, you know, 175 way too much for Canelo? Because Canelo did get some good shots and some combos off on him, but it didn't sting him at all. So when you think about the power, was the power, like, at 175, just not a factor for Beeble? So that was my one thing, because I'm like, man, like, maybe he got to go back down to 168 and, you know, fight charlo and uh benavidez right maybe that's where he's best at but there's a rematch clause so i i don't think the rematch goes any different though
1: me neither i don't think it does and the thing is like the same way
0: yeah i don't think it goes any
1: different canelo sneaky is like sneakily is like 61 fights into his pro career at this point um is somebody who turned pro in like 2005 2006 or something like that he's 31 i think he's gonna be 32 later this year uh, I don't think this goes differently if they have a rematch. I also just think that Bevo is just really good at light heavyweight and Canelo should drop down. I don't want him to exercise that rematch clause because I don't really have a big interest to see this fight again. I think Canelo before benefited from like picking sort of the right light heavyweights to go at, and you know Sergey Kovalev was somebody who I thought Canelo would have a tougher time with him and he did early on, but then was able to Like knock him out later on in that fight. So And Sergey Kovalev actually is fighting this weekend in a fight that I don't think a lot of people are going to watch. Shout out to Triller. But look, I think Dimitri Bivol is really good. And I think Canelo Alvarez, to me, the favorable judging is just something that annoys the shit out of me because 115-113 doesn't make any sense. And Canelo throughout the course of his career has had favorable cards. We remember against Floyd Mayweather, that should have been a unanimous decision and one judge had it 114, 114. I think that judge, you know, wasn't even allowed to judge anymore after that or something along those lines. I'm forgetting who it was. Was it Adelaide Bird? I think it was Adelaide Bird. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was Adelaide Bird? Uh, The Miguel Cotto shit. I remember that fight was very close and on the scorecards, it was not And Miguel Cotto even walked out before they even like announced the winner because he had heard it or something like that, or before interview. And he was pissed off about that. Um, Amir Khan was actually beating Canelo before Canelo knocked him out. And then obviously the Gennady Golovkin fights. The first one, he lost. The second one, some argue he lost. I think maybe a draw is a little bit more fair. And I also thought he lost to Erislandi Lara. That's the other one that I'm like, I thought he lost that fight. So to me, Canelo has four losses now. Lara, uh, Mayweather, this, and Gennady Golovkin the first time.
0: Well, I want to ask Chantel this because you said, and I'm in agreement with you guys, um, I don't really care to see a rematch and we know that there is the rematch clause, but do you think it'll be he'll take it? Like in the, the, we will get the rematch. Cause I think we're going to get it. Even though I think all yeah. three of us don't really want it, <laughs> we're going to get it. Um and so I guess is there any hope uh that you see Canelo boxing better in this one? Or is he gonna humble his ass and say, you know, I'm gonna go back down to 168?
2: I have a feeling he's going to take that rematch clause because he wants to make history in four divisions and be, I think, only the fourth Mexican ever to win a title in uh, four different divisions. So I think that's what he's trying to do. So I think there will be a rematch. And honestly, like, even b defensively was really, really good. And you kind of saw when he was going to his high guard, his arm was all bruised up because Canelo did work on that arm. But like I said, like, his power wasn't really doing anything against b So I think we definitely see that. I really believe he should go down back to you know, uh, uh, 168. I think that's where he does a lot of damage, and I want to get the fight against Charlo because there was talk about him fighting Charlo before, and that never happened. And then he can fight Benavidez, and maybe an Andre and maybe we do get the Triple G trilogy, right? I know um, Dex. Like when you when uh, Brian mentioned the trilogy, you were not feeling it. Do you not want to see that trilogy?
0: Uh, I, I want to see it more than I want to see him fight Devall again. I'll say that much, right? But I'm not like. I'm not too enamored about it. Triple G, where he's at in his career against Canelo. I'm not excited about it. Let's put it like that. I'm kind of lukewarm with it. I'd watch it though. Don't get me wrong, I watch it. And I'm definitely more excited than seeing him fight Bivol again. Because of the because of all the reasons you brought up, Chantel. I think that Canelo was just, I don't want to say overmatched. He was clearly outskilled. I saw the same thing. He's landing, but it was doing nothing. He had no impact on him, no effect whatsoever and that's just not exciting you know what i mean and i have no reason to believe that b won't do the same thing again very disciplined boxer uh stuck with the game plan was with it through and through i think you would see that again canelo triple g yeah i'd watch it but i'm not super excited for it at all so are you are you excited for it is that one you get excited for i'm kind
2: of well yeah i agree with brian man like he lost the first one and i thought the second one was a draw like if I thought if any yeah. one of those fights was a draw, I it was definitely the second one. But I I want to see it just because I actually am a huge Triple G fan. I know he's getting a little bit older, and in his last fight, um, he took some shots, got a little bit stung, but he was able to get the knockout victory. I still think it brings in a lot of dollars, so I want to see the Triple G trilogy just because I love to see those type of trilogies, and hopefully the judges get it right. But like that's the thing, right? Like. When does Canelo ever lose on the scorecards especially in Vegas? Like it doesn't really happen. So Bivol shocked the world and the judges tried to rob him in broad daylight, but they they let the good the man that was supposed to win the fight win and that's all that kind of matters. So um you know I I'd rather see Canelo fight Charlo. Like that's the fight that I want to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree it's a better fight and I, if you guys who are more aficionados in the combat sports than myself Yo, we sometimes need these judges to explain themselves after this stuff, right? You can't have this 115, 113. I'm still salty about that. I'm like, what? Like, how did you watch that fight and you're giving Canelo more than three rounds? Like, I just don't see it at all. And then we have, you know, we never
1: hear from these judges, but that's my beef. It's what it is.
2: I'm with that. (laughs) All right, Shantel,
1: where are we going next? Do you remember everything or do I have to read everything again?
2: No, you gotta read it out. You gotta read it out. I think you I think you mentioned uh Bud and Spence. Yes. I wouldn't mind talking about that. Um okay, because sure. like we just we just talked about scorecards and how the judges like Canelo. The judges also really like Errol Spence on the scorecards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he he does like the way that he boxes, he's so skilled that when it comes to the judges, like they love Spence and they're always giving him the decision. Actually, the one decision that I want to talk about is the one against Sean Porter because I think that one was a draw. They let Spence win that fight, but Sean Porter and Errol Spence, that to me was a draw. And then we saw what Brun Crawford did to Sean Porter and uh, that was a pretty good stoppage. So I just wanted to mention that because I think if Bud and Spence do end up fighting, obviously that's a blockbuster fight. That's the fight that everyone... I think boxing fans, even casual boxing fans, would be down to see. That one's going to bring a lot of eyes to the sport. So hopefully we get it. I think the biggest thing, though, is like they're going to say that Spence is the A-side. He's got three belts. Bud's got one. So is it going to be like a 60-40 split? I doubt Bud would take that. So we'll see what happens. I hope it's not like Mayweather-Pacquiao. That's what I don't want. I don't want to get this fight like years down the line. You know what I'm saying? I want it now. And in fact, like I wanted it two years ago. So yeah. the fact that I had to wait two years to say this, um, like, that gets me mad. But as boxing fans, like, we might not get that fight.
0: That's my well, pro- that's always my problem with the sport, Chantel. Always my problem. We never get the fights that we need when
1: we need them. And mm-hmm. that's a, lot, a big problem. Go ahead, Brian. With Terrence Crawford, at least the reason why I think we'll get this this year is because he left top rank. And I feel like that was the major obstacle. But apparently they're still talking shit to each other and we don't actually know if this fight is going to go down. What I want to point out is that to me, even before Canelo lost us, Dexter knows this, even before Canelo lost to Dimitri Biffle, I had Terrence Crawford as the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. I think that what he's done throughout his career, like I have been thinking about this fight for a while and how it would match up. There was a time where I thought, all right, maybe Errol Spence is a little too big. Uh, I don't think the accident sort of swayed my thinking a little bit. But I think with Terrence Crawford, he would be smart, patient, counterpunching. I think he would try to, you know, exchange a little bit too much at times. But I think ultimately he would fight the smarter fight and be able to find the holes in Errol Spence's game in order to win that fight. I don't think it'd be a knockout. But I tend to lean, especially as I get older and I see the value in defense and counterpunching more and more. Um, you know, from somebody who grew up watching fucking Felix Trinidad lose to Bernard Hopkins and crying about it at seven years old. <laughs> um, you know, I think that Terrence Crawford, who's great, Southpaw Orthodox, doesn't matter. I think that if this fight does happen, that I do think it'll happen later this year, uh, I think Terrence Crawford would win this fight.
0: This this is the fight I'm excited for in boxing. I'm I'm with you on this, Chantel. I'm really excited. I hope it happens this year. We'll see. I, I I hope so. I just I'm not going to get excited. I'm excited for it, but I'm not getting excited for it. If that makes sense. Um, we'll we'll see.
1: All right. What's next, next on the agenda, Chantel? Uh, we have what's left. We have Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. We have we've already done, uh, Canelo, Triple G and Canelo Bivol. So those are out. Terrence Crawford, Aero Spence is out. So we have Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castagno. Anything from UFC 274 is on the table, or just some other shit.
2: Well, let's talk about another robbery, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, because I had Serrano winning that bout, man. Like, that to me was crazy. I think, like, near the end of that bout, she, like, Serrano kind of took her foot off the gas, but I still had her winning, actually. Um, So kind of disappointing to see her lose it in New York. But Katie Taylor, like, she does have the power, and she was able to kind of get back in that fight, but I still had it 6-4. to Like, that's how I had it scored, and I had Serrano winning.
1: I had it very similar. So if I'm if I'm if I could remember correctly, I had Katie Taylor winning rounds two, seven, eight, and nine. That was it. I had Amanda Serrano winning one, three, four, five. But I had that as a ten-eight round because Katie Taylor was basically out on her feet a couple different times and Serrano absolutely blitzed her. I think she outlanded her forty-four-fourteen in that round, which doesn't sound like a lot until you remember two minute rounds. Uh, which should be three. That's another story for another day. And I thought Amanda Serrano finished strong. So I actually had a 96-93 for Amanda Serrano. But everybody in Ireland on Twitter is like, oh, you know, because they think they're fucking sophisticated boxing fans because their girl won and she's a counterpuncher. And it's like, no, it's not that we like offense. It's that Amanda Serrano fucked her up for a lot of this fight. And Katie Taylor's getting rewarded, even though she was backing up and getting pinged in her face the entire time. And you saw how she looked after the fight. I thought it was a great fight. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of who should have won, I had a feeling that Katie Taylor would get it because I just feel like some shit is always in the air when Eddie Hearn is around. And <laughs> I had a feeling that his woman was going to take this fight, uh, especially because Jake Paul is on the other side. So I think there's some shit going on there, even wh- even though it was in Madison Square Garden. I don't want to see this fight take place in Ireland. I do want to see it again, no. but I don't want to see it in Ireland. Absolutely not. If Amanda yeah, they should Serrano do it in Vegas. They
2: should right, Yeah, they should do exactly it in Vegas. I'm going.
1: If Amanda Serrano can't get a rightful decision in New York City, I do not want to see this shit in Ireland. I want to see this in Vegas or I want to see this maybe in Carson, California, because exciting fights always go on in Carson, California. Do you guys think outside you guys venue? Did? Like the venue yes.
2: sick in Carson, I would be down for that. Yes, do
0: you absolutely. guys think the rematch? Do you guys think the rematch will happen? It feels like it makes a lot of sense because of how it obviously sold out in MSG. All the talk that was around it, do you guys think the rematch will actually happen?
1: Yeah. So this is interesting because, like, look, women's boxing purses have been shit for a long time. But Katie Taylor has been getting million-dollar purses for a while. Amanda Serrano finally got hers. Amanda Serrano was getting, like, four or five figures years ago, and she got a huge payday. So I think there's an immense amount of money to get in the rematch just from a promotional standpoint because – I feel like everybody involved saw how big of a deal this was. Every single outlet, et cetera, like it was getting coverage in a lot of different places. If they do it again, especially if this fight wins fight of the year, uh, assuming that this fight, the rematch doesn't happen again before the end of the year. If this fight wins fight of the year, they should absolutely do it again. Yes. I do think that um, it's interesting to note if it does happen again, there has been some talks some rumors about maybe instead of, because for people who don't know, uh, men's championships in boxing, championship fights are, te- are typically 12 rounds for three minutes each women 10 rounds for two minutes each and there's talk about making this three minute rounds I'm not sure if it's going to be 12 rounds instead of 10 whatever the case may be I would like to see it with three minute rounds though because I'm not even sure who that benefits more
0: yeah uh Chantel you see this you see this rematch going down too
2: Yeah, I see it going down. I think uh, just for women's boxing, like the spectacle that it was, even though it took like Katie Taylor to get to the ring, like it took her like 10 damn minutes, but that's besides the fact, but the (laughs) spectacle of it was dope. Like I I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm still surprised that Amanda Sorona lost in New York, but the fact that I think like the viewership was up, so there's a way that they can sell this fight, and in boxing, that's what they want to do. They want to sell it, and Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor did a really, really good job. And that night, I think there was two fights on, but I think this was the bigger one, in my opinion. And I think it kind of puts women's boxing on a different platform. So I think we do get a second one, but where is it going to be? And I agree with Brian. Like, I don't want it to be in New York. Um, if she couldn't get that decision in New York in the first place, and definitely don't want it in Ireland. And also, that kind of messes up with the time, right? When it's like overseas then it's like the timing's going to be off so I would love to see it in Vegas actually because I think those ladies deserve the spotlight and if we get the second one and Amanda Serrano wins like do we get a trilogy who knows I think it could be dope but I think there's some good fights in women's boxing to make like Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela Mayer I think could be a really good one too
0: yeah I'm, I'm excited mm. for some women's women's boxing now it's funny because I didn't watch the Serrano uh Taylor fight live but Brian I did go back and watch it and I scored it the same as Chantel. I had a 6-4 Amanda Serrano with I'm forgetting, what what round was it? Was it the fifth?
2: Yes, the uh, fifth I, round. She
0: got busy. Well, she she got busy with her and I had that as a 10-8 round too, Brian. So you had the, me, had, yeah, this, same, had the same six, score six,
1: as me yeah. yeah, because I had the same score 6-4 with the 10-8 round. Yeah,
0: because I knew I didn't get to watch it due to having to be up early for work, but I did want to rewatch it before we did this podcast and I was like, Brian kept saying to me, yo, she got robbed. She got robbed. And I was like, I was just like, yo, how would they really give this to Katie Taylor? I didn't really see it here. I was trying to even think if I could make sense of it, and I just was not coming to that conclusion, particularly after that fifth round. So, um, yeah. I, but I do. I want to see a rematch. Absolutely. Do I want to see it in Ireland? No. Nah.
1: Sorry. I think you could potentially make, and I think, I think, uh, I think Amanda Serrano takes the rematch. I think you could potentially make this a trilogy too. Like that's the other yeah, thing. I'm, and I'm- you want to talk about like women's boxing? really growing or whatever like i think that this being a trilogy is something that would make a lot of sense too uh but it makes first a lot of sense first you got to make the second fight and amanda serrano would have to win that for people to want to see the third fight definitely exactly for there's sure. some
2: good matches to be made in women's boxing for sure we see yeah. clarissa shields just talking a lot on twitter I, I love it i'm a big clarissa shields fan so i can't I like wait till too. she fights next
1: there you go all right, where are we going next? Where are we going should we go, next?
2: Should we go Charlo and Castano? Yes, because, the...
1: mainly because there's a lot there's a lot going on in terms of like the the ramifications of who wins as we talked about earlier, Chantel. Just for people who don't know, and this this surprised me like just thinking about it again because I had forgotten. Because look, in boxing, this is not something that I typically uh complain about because like you know, I actually get it. But, like, I also don't think that we don't need five fucking titles for every weight class plus the Ring Magazine title. And then the WBA having a super title, a regular title, and then an interim title. And then you have the WBC having a fucking diamond title, whatever the case may be. The point is that Jamel Charlo has a WBC, WBA, super, uh, IBF, and WBO title. So he's an undisputed champion at 154. Um, but he had a draw with Brian Carlos Castaño last time they fought Chantel. And I'm going to toss this to you because this fight was 10 months ago. It was a draw. Some people think Charlo lost, and they're having a rematch this weekend for all those belts.
2: Yeah, people forget that Brian Castaño. I think a lot of people didn't know about him, but actually in the amateur ranks, he has a win against Errol Spence. And Spence didn't lose a lot in the mm-hmm. amateur ranks, so that's something to think about. But on in this first fight, like we saw Castaño, he likes to get in on the inside, and he likes to let his hands go He let, he's a come forward guy and he put pressure on Charlo in that fight and he was cutting off the ring really really well and for most of the fight I thought Castaño was winning and then Charlo turned it up in the later rounds and that's why it ended up being a draw but I think all around Charlo is the better boxer he's got ridiculous power you know when he's throwing jabs he's got power in them he's got that nasty uppercut that we didn't see a lot in that fight uh, he's got really good footwork And I think that he's going to make the adjustments for this fight. I think it's going to be really close, though. And it could go either way. But this is for Undisputed King at 154. And so this is a huge fight this weekend. It's the second one. I think it's going to be a very, very close fight. I do have Charlo edging it out, though, and winning the decision. But I think Charlo is going to be making the adjustments from last fight. Because what we saw Castaño do and how he was cutting off the ring, it was giving Charlo some major problems.
1: Yeah. And in 2019, I remember this is the first time I saw Castaño live because he came out here to Barclays Center. He fought Erislandy Lara to a draw, which I am somebody who holds Laura in high regard because I think that he's been robbed against Canelo Alvarez. He obviously oh. got robbed against Paul Williams. I think he should be at a different place in his career than he is. And he actually has a fight coming up, I believe, on the Javante Davis undercard. So I think he's coming back to Barclays Center again. But... I think that Castaño could win this fight. I'm just not sure because, like, we've seen Charlo. We saw it against Josh Jackson, as we mentioned earlier, like before we got started. Like He's been down on cards and has been able to come back, utilize his power in a way that's reflective of his brother Jamal, who people, you know, consider the more stronger fighter, and then be able to really, like, change a fight on a dime in a way that I don't know if Castaño is capable of. So that's sort of a wild card there for me. Uh, I think Charlo's really good. I also think that the implications for... Both Charlos because Jamal Charlo has a fight coming up as well. Where we just talked about Canelo and the possibilities there. Like, I would not, I would not mind seeing Canelo fight one of these guys next. Yes. So I would absolutely, I, that's who I want Canelo to fight next. If not, like the Triple G rematch, I'll, I'll watch it, but like, and I'll get it from a business standpoint. Like, it's going to make more money than him fighting Demetrius Andrade or against either Charlo brother, I suppose. But I still would rather see it from a boxing standpoint, Canelo fight one of those guys next. So if Jermel Charlo could get by Brian Castano, which is not a given because Castano is really good, then that'll potentially set something up in that field, hopefully. Uh, because Jermel, both Charlos deserve big, 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 big fights. And Brian Carlos yeah. Castano, if he wins this, he deserves one too. Because having a draw with Ariston Lara and then being able to have a draw with Jermel Charlo and then potentially beating him, if he could do it and leave no doubt, He'll be on his way, too, and he needs to because he's sneaky in his uh, mid-30s already, early to mid-30s.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, damn. He's there. He's there already. All right. Where <laughs> where are we go? Where are we going? And also next? this weekend, I will mention Jerron Ennis on the under. Yes. That's the show. Yes. Who, who, I, who, <clears throat> I, who, I, who I spoke to, um, and it'll
0: be an interview with me and him coming out uh, Thursday of this week. I spoke to him, really liked his energy in talking to him, and hopefully he'll be on this podcast soon. We're trying to make that happen. But I like his energy. look what yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what he can do, but he seems very focused uh for his opponent this week and I think he'll take care of business. So yes. That we'll, dude we'll,
1: we'll see is the real ride. deal. Yeah, that dude, that dude is a and I mean this in the best way possible. He's a motherfucker. Like yeah. for real.
0: Power, both <laughs> hands, looking looking vicious, um, but focused. I think he's focused on the opportunity to get to the next level. So I'm I'm intrigued to see that with him. They, they definitely somebody people should watch this weekend for sure, definitely for sure. Uh, all right,
1: Chantel, we have we only have a couple of things left on the board, so we may not get to all of it, but we basically have UFC 274. You can pick something from there, or we can go off the board, where we can just go on to something else and just stick with boxing. So talk you about think? your boy Jake Paul.
2: Oh, no, we, we, we don't want to talk about Jake Paul. You know what I don't. UFC?
1: Trust me, I don't.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I think we got to do a little bit of uh, more violence. So I think we got to roll with UFC because what we saw with Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson was crazy. Like, Jackson it was look vicious. look up this knockout.
0: Look up the knockout if you to. haven't seen it. I, I okay. Who who am I looking up? Because Michael I,
1: Chandler, because for people like Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson, it's a front kick knockout. Okay, yeah. I know I, you're gonna react to it because Dexter loves good knockouts, though he prefers them in boxing. Uh, he loves great knockouts, and this one was the knockout. Did he get performance at a nice outside? I'm not even sure. Like, did Michael Chandler? Yeah, people I out think here, he did.
2: Yeah, he did. It was crazy.
1: People out here saying that he's ended his career. Well Tony Ferguson has been on a downhill sort of Oh swimming. yeah. Okay, Dexter saw the knockout.
2: Uh oh <laughs> yeah, that exactly, exactly how you just reacted. Yes. Like it was insane and uh oh. Like Tony Ferguson, his last win was what? Like Cowboy Cerrone? Like I'm trying to think. Like I think it was Cowboy Cerrone, right? So it's been a while. He's dropped three fights in a row. He lost to Oliveira. He lost to Gaethje. It's been a minute. He fought Cowboy Cerrone like a long time ago. And like, I don't know if you would hold that up to weight. So I feel for Tony Ferguson because I was like rooting for him. But Michael Chandler, man, just a beast. That, That was a vicious knockout.
1: So Tony Ferguson now has four losses and at one point Dex like I remember, you remember this when I covered one of the UFC cards at Barclays Center. Habib Nurmagomedov was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson and Tony Ferguson uh, what was the story Chantel? He like stepped on a fucking step wrong stairs or whatever the fuck and then twisted his knee and tore his entire knee or whatever. So they tried to make the fight with Habib several times and it never happened because Habib ended up retiring undefeated. Um, But yeah, his last win, Cowboy Cerrone, which was a TKO victory June of 2019. After that, he fought Justin Gaethje. And if I were, a lot of people thought that he would beat Justin Gaethje, and he did have moments, but then Justin Gaethje was able to break him down. Justin Gaethje lost to Charles Oliveira for the uh, title, for the lightweight title this past weekend. But he lost to Justin Gaethje, he lost to Charles Oliveira, who defended his title, and he's on four straight losses right now. He doesn't look the same at all. Like, early on, in his uh, earlier in his UFC career, he was being lauded for – his just his stamina how old how old is to, he
0: now how old is Ferguson now
1: he's almost 40 he's like 37 38 okay he but he was, was put, being lauded for like just ooh, his stamina sleep, man your stamina being well-rounded and yeah when you get knocked out like that it's very difficult to recover but before that he was putting like kevin lee in a triangle choke and beating Rafael dos años edson barbosa mm-hmm. he beat him in, with a darce choke but people weren't even talking about Dars chokes as being like a thing in that way yet right like <laughs> So, and it sucks because this might be it, but now with Michael Chandler, people are talking about, like, him potentially fighting Conor McGregor next. And there's kind of, there's the championship, and then there's the Conor McGregor fight. Conor McGregor's kind of like The Undertaker (laughs) now, where people either want the WWE title or they want to fight The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like, that's who Conor McGregor's become. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I... I would like to see, like, I, I'm not somebody who, like, look, I think Conor McGregor, like, there's a lot that comes with him. And he, his last two times that we saw him, he lost to Dustin Poirier, both by TKO. The last one was a doctor stoppage in July. He lost to Habib Nurmagomedov, obviously, not long before that. So he's lost three of his last four. But would I like to see him against Michael Chandler? Michael Chandler, who could do that to Tony Ferguson? Yeah. Because somebody's probably going to get knocked out in that fight.
0: I mean. 100%.
1: I mean, I want it, and nobody wants to get knocked out like Tony Ferguson. That yeah. that kick was swift, and he you, have a you have a meathead American, you have a meathead American with a, with a loud Irishman who is, you know, it would be like, it would you be. You know a, why,
0: you know who I'm rooting for.
1: You know I don't watch the UFC, but you know, UFC, but you know I'm rooting for in that, Brian. It'll be you a class of doing. cultures. <laughs> It'll be a class of cultures that'll be, like, really fun. Um, The pre-fight the hype, Chantel, you could have tested this, would be insane. And I think that like I think in terms of betting, it would be a close line also because of Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler both having losses recently.
2: Yeah, I'm that. That's a bet that I would definitely make, and I don't even know who which way I'd go right now. Yeah. So that would be like a blockbuster. I think a lot of people would want to see that fight. So hopefully we get it. I could see Michael Chandler taking that fight, especially after that knockout and after what he did to Tony Ferguson. Like he tucked him in for a nap. Like, Tony yes. Ferguson was out cold, you know what I mean? So, that's a fight I, I'd definitely be down to see. So, I think that was probably the best fight of the night. We knew it was going to be really violent, though. Uh, the Oliveira Ob- fight with Gaethje was obviously really good as well, but that was my favorite because the knockout was nasty.
0: Oh, yeah, that knockout was... woo man, He hit him with that sleep mode. That was crazy. That, we, that, might that, as well,
1: we might as crazy. well finish up with UFC 274 before we get out of here. Um, I want to start with Rose Yunus. because I... <laughs> What was that, Chantel? Like, for people who don't know, uh, Rose Namajunas was defending her UFC strawweight title um, against Carla Esparza. This is a rematch of the first ever UFC strawweight championship match in 2014 for the inaugural championship at the time. Carla Esparza won that one by submission. And me and Chantel were on FanDuel talking about how much better Rose Namajunas got. She's the best strawweight in the world. She's proven it time and time again. Mm -hmm. She only lost to Jessica Andrage. Because she got slammed in her head after outboxing her. And she, shit happens. And then she got the title back. And then she came out. And, and Chantel, this was weird. The entrance where she kept repeating, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the no. best. Over and over. No, no. Right? No. Right? That happened, Chantel? And I, she's not like that usually. Like, she's almost better when she's timid. And it was just weird from the jump. And then the fight starts and she's mostly shadow boxing. She's not really throwing jabs. She looks good when she's like, you know, moving around and she's getting away from she's not countering with anything. And basically, Dexter was one of the worst title matches you would ever see. The announcers were saying as much. Joe Rogan, John Anik, Daniel Corbeak, who were actually very entertaining throughout the fight. And then it was like Carlos Barza ended up winning because she took down Rose a couple of times and that was really it. Nobody had a scratch on him.
2: It was the worst fight of the night. And like at the end of this, you know, you talked about like Rose coming out with saying like, I'm the best, I'm the best. Because if she won that fight, we would have probably been saying she's the best straw white of all time. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen in this fight. And as far as we know that she is a really good wrestler, she was able to get Rose onto the ground a couple of times in that one or the fight. It was a letdown. And um, I don't have much else to say about it other than that was a terrible fight. Like, it, you know, I had Rose winning by knockout. I thought I had, had her a double game.
1: chance by knockout or on points, and neither happened. That no, was my was, bet. like, that was a fucking lock. And I was like, I, clearly, even wasn't. FanDuel reposted the tweet that I had today <laughs> where they were like, oh, they had some sort of meme where it was like, oh, this bet is gonna cash, and then the bet doesn't cash, or whatever the case may be. And I was like, yeah, me betting on Rose Namayunis on Saturday, <laughs> and the homies retweeted it. We already know uh, it's love over there, but like. For me, the interesting part about this is, like, I don't know where, one, Rose goes from here, but, two, I know what I want to see in that division now because there's a clear pathway to UFC 275, Chantel, where we have Joanna Yiljecek and Zhang Lee in a rematch of the 2020 Fight of the Year. Dexter, you need to watch that fight. It is one of the best fights you're ever going to see. It's probably on YouTube because I think UFC put it up already. That fight is it was chaotic. I thought Joanna should have won. They gave it to Zhang Wei Lee, they're gonna have a rematch. Um, Joanna's forehead was massive after the fight, uh, yeah. because of the damage she took, and I still think she won because she was great. Also, one of my favorite interviews that I've had with any UFC fighter was with Joanna, so maybe I'm a little partial, but I think that that fight, whoever wins that, is gonna get Carlos Barza next and win.
2: I hmm. mean. And that makes sense, right? Rosa uh, knocked out Lee in that first fight, and I think she got the decision in the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's going to be a crazy fight, and whoever she gets, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know why I'm not rolling with the Sparza because both those girls are beasts. So I, it's going to be interesting to see. I U, UFC 275 is stacked, so I don't know, man. That's going to be a good fight. Hopefully we get that one, um, but that's what happens. And where does Rose go next? Like that's what I want to know from you, Brian. Like where does she go from here? Because if the fight went differently this weekend, if she got the knockout, then we would have been talking about how she's the greatest strawweight of all time. And now it's like the question's up in the air. Like, if Esparza wins, what does that mean for Esparza? Like, if she Esparza keeps on winning, like, what does that mean for her?
1: Well, <laughs> I can't get the image out of my head. So, we mentioned Dexter and put put everyone on the screen here because I want to see how you just generally react to this. But Okay. Uh, Carla Esparza did win that title against Rose Yunus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she lost her first title defense to Yoana Yo Check, And she got fucked up. All right. <laughs> like, like, like real like real bad. Like if you love boxing and you appreciate good stand-up fighting, Yoana just absolutely picked her apart. Yoana huh. was a world champion kickboxer before she turned to MMA. And Yoana's just like, I, I love like her takedown defense is a Six. is the reason why she's able to stand up and just destroy fighters like that. She uh is one of the – she's really one of the best strawweights of all time. Rose beat her twice. The second one a little more debatable, but that's another story for another day. But Rose did beat her twice. And I do think the winner of that would be Carlos Barza because of that. I, I, I think I, – I see – but I see Joanna winning this rematch and then beating Carlos Barza again. But I don't know where – I think Rose probably gets the loser of that fight. And then eventually mm-hmm. we're just circling back. like We're sort of recycling the same fights in different ways at the strawweight division because – nobody else has been able to break through like Michelle Watterson uh, yeah. hasn't been able to break through to the top of that division. So we shall we shall see how, how
0: that goes. Anything else we want to touch on? Any other uh, fights we are excited for in the future? I mean, I'm, I'm with Chantel on that Crawford Spence. That's what we need in the game, but we will see if that happens. Any other, is there a young fighter? It could be UFC could be boxing. Chantel, that you really have your eye on that. You're like, Hey, this person's next. They're coming up, somebody that people out there who are into combat sports should watch.
2: Well, you mentioned Boots, but we all kind of know about Boots, but I don't think he gets uh I don't think he gets enough love. I think the big fight coming up is like George Cambosis Jr. and Devin Haney. Yeah. Devin Haney, a lot of people are talking about like he's kind of boring because he's like defensive. You know what I'm saying? Um he reminds me a lot of Money Mayweather too defensively, like with the shoulder roll D. He's really good. I think that's a fight Devin Haney wins. And to be quite honest with you, like I think Devin Haney is a little bit slept on. People always talk about how he doesn't have the power and they say that he has pillow fists, but the way that he actually boxes, like it's actually beautiful. So that's the fight I'm looking forward to. And I actually have Haney winning that fight and it's going to be out down in Australia. So it's going to be a good fight because um, Teofimo Lopez, like I still can't get over the fact that how he went into that fight and was just looking for the knockout and George Campos's junior just did work. But I don't think that happens against Devin Haney.
0: Yeah, I I I don't think so either. I forgot I forgot about T Tio Fimo, his his preparation and or, or lack I should say of their going into that fight
1: and his game plan going into that. So yeah, go ahead, Brian. Uh and you know I you know what card I'm gonna shout out. It's June eleventh here at the MSC Theater. The day before the Puerto uh, Rican Day Parade. Uh, so you know go. what I'm saying? Like here we're go. gonna I and look, we, we've done work with Edgar Berlanga up here La Cultura. Yeah. You can watch it it's on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. 50 whatever thousand views i don't know at this point edgar berlanga's fighting on that card against romero alexis angulo but xander zayas
0: yeah that's oh.
1: that like that's oh, the yo yeah, dude. yo thanks for bringing him
0: up because i forgot there was i don't know what fight was that brian and you were like you gotta watch it watch I, hadn't watched, <laughs> I hadn't watched him yet and i was like texting brian was like oh
1: okay okay I think it might have been. I don't know if it was Dan Carpenter. Did he win by? Did he win by stoppage or decision? Do you remember stoppage in that fight? I okay, just can't so remember it was his probably opponent. it was it's probably a- Dan it's escaping me
0: right now. Yeah, yeah. it was
1: either Dan Carpenter or Larry Fryers. Yeah, of those that, I'm looking at his boxer but Xander Zayas right now. For people who don't know, is a Puerto Rican welterweight, super welterweight. He's gonna flush wow, I was impressed with him. I think, I think he's gonna be at welterweight when he eventually gets to you know, the title portion of his career and then move up because he is a pretty big kid. He's like 5'10", so he could easily go 147, 154, et cetera, uh, and eventually maybe fill out middleweight. But he's 19 years old, okay? Doesn't turn 20 until later this year. Crazy. He's 13-0 and 0 with nine knockouts. He's one of the best prospects in the sport. <sighs> All right. Uh, I need to be careful about how I say this. Given, yeah, you know, where
0: where you are, this, are you going? You know, this? like, no, nah, because where like... Where like,
1: are you going? No, because, hmm, smile down. Uh, he's the best I've felt about a Puerto Rican boxing prospect since He Who Shall Not Be Named, who is currently in jail. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Because yeah. He coming up was very good and then lost a little focus and then lost a lot of other shit yeah. uh, not too long after that. So, yes. um yeah, but Xander Zayas has been the, the best Puerto Rican prospect since then. Yes, thanks.
0: I wanna ask no, I wanna ask Chantel one two or two things before we get her out of here. One was um Nico Ali Walsh, okay? Yeah. Okay. So saw his knockout, what was that two weekends ago? He had that crazy knockout, put the put the boy to sleep. Uh, Brian and I, we watched his first couple of fights. I was not really impressed with him. And then somebody who I don't think knows boxing that well. Brought him up to me. I think they just saw that knockout. They're like, "Man, he's good. He's really good." Like, and I was just
1: like, uh, "You got tagged know. a lot for somebody like who's <laughs> yeah." A- am yeah, I impressed.
0: am I bugging because I seen him get touched a lot? I'm not that impressed. Um I was impressed with the knockout. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I haven't been that impressed with him overall. I still think he's got some work to do. What do you say?
2: I think he got a little bit better in his last fight, but I agree with you guys. Like, he's looking good and he's winning fights, and I think. The fact that his name is Ali, we know that he's his grandson. I think that holds a lot of weight in what's going on with how top rank promotes him. But right now, like he's kind of must watch, right? People are watching to see him fight a little bit. And uh, I think he's gotten a little bit better. I definitely need to say, see more. Um, but going back to quickly to like just to backtrack to go back to Zander Zayas, we talked about Edgar Berlanga. And right now, he's being poised as to be the next Puerto Rican boxing superstar. But I think Zayas might be that dude. Cause I'm trying to think when the last one was and I think it was like Miguel Cotto. Oh yeah. He was the, he was the next, he was the last biggest one. Right. So um, well, I'm the guy yeah. to go
1: to for that information. And I would probably verify that you are correct because he, he, he who shall not be named had a chance and that didn't yes. happen. And then Christopher Diaz kept losing in his title shots, and uh, that wasn't going to be the case. But yeah, we oh, gotta
2: th- see, we gotta see more from Nico, though, for sure. Like one knockout is just not going to do it for me. Um, right. He's had a, he's had a few knockouts, but I, I think just the fact that, like, I think in his first fight, um, he wore like Ali's trunks, right? Yeah. If you go back, yeah, yeah he wore yeah. Ali's trunks, and like it was like a, he's he's decent. He's gonna get better though. He's gotten better in every fight. But he's I'm definitely not sold on he's him yet.
0: definitely gotten better. I'm with you on that. And listen. I- and maybe you feel me on this too, Chantel. The Ali name, you know that brings a lot of hype. It doesn't hurt the sport to have that. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't It doesn't hurt if there's going to be some eyeballs on him and people are going to watch his fights. Hopefully he gets better with that too, but it can't. It doesn't hurt the game at all whatsoever. So I'll, I'll take that.
1: Uh, last Just, just, just according to BoxRec real quick, just according to BoxRec, because I looked up just to see who they have ranked or whatever mm-hmm. the case yeah. would be as a top Puerto Rican pound for pound right now. Subriel Matias. Which surprised me a little bit because he's 18 and one, but he does have 18 and one with 18 knockouts, first of all, uh, but he Crazy. did, he did lose a couple of years ago, but like, look, he's a legit challenger at super lightweight right now. He's, he's, I think, 29, 30 years old. So he's getting up there a little bit. So he has to like, you know, if he's going to fight for a title, he has to do it very soon. But yeah, you know, Bezenda Zayas, yes, he's 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 the one. I think Edgar Berlanga still has a chance to be, but he needs to get better after his last couple fights because he got. Yo, he, a, he needed he needed a
2: knockout. He needed a knockout in his last fight, like you know mm. what I mean. And like we didn't get that, so I know that it's kind of tough, right, when you have like that many knockouts in a row. Like, what did he have, like sixteen yes, in a row? Something like that. And 16. then you and then you come out and like we want to see you go the distance, and you go the distance, but like in his last fight, that should have been a knockout. And yeah. um, a little bit disappointing. And then Xander Zayas came out. And I'm like, yo, that maybe that should have been the main event. Um, yeah. I was mm-hmm. a little bit d- disappointed. And then I was like thinking, like, when was the last big Puerto Rican superstar th- that was in boxing? I, that was Miguel Cotto. Cotto. So yeah. I think I think Zayas is like on the way. I think everyone's poising Edgar Berlanga to be that dude. Um, but I think Zayas is the better boxer. Um, but Berlanga has like you know he's got like Fat Joe rolling with him. He's got everything Tracy that you Morgan. think a boxer has. Yeah. Uh, he's got the flash, he can sell a fight, but he has to, I think he has to have like a crazy performance in his next fight because thing, right now he needs that.
1: Yeah. And the thing that alarmed me was just not alarmed in a dramatic, you know, overly dramatic way. It was like, we saw what Triple G did to Steve Rose, like whatever, two, three, whatever, however long that was. And then earlier this year, Edgar Berlanga fights Steve Rose and is losing rounds and it's a fairly close fight and escapes by decision and doesn't really look impressive. You know what I mean? And before that, we saw him get knocked down for the first time in his career. So it's sort of yeah. trending in a similar way uh, in the ring. In the ring, I want to stress that to he right. who I won't name uh, when he was once a blue tip prospect, winning prospect of the year, and then, uh, you know, started having uh, entertaining bouts with William Silva. And uh, yeah. getting dropped by fighters he shouldn't have been dropped by. Yeah, yeah.
2: don't sleep on my Canadian brother, Steve Rolls, though. All right? <laughs> uh, he's all right, don't sleep on him. Because uh, he, he he did some work against Berling. I was surprised, actually. Yeah, I was I'll like, t- really? I thought he was going to get knocked out. But good for Steve. Good for Steve.
0: I've seen, Chantel, you are a big hip-hop fan like me, too. And you're going to get me into collecting some hip-hop vinyl. Uh, yesterday, Kendrick Lamar dropped the Hard Part 5. mm I'm assuming everybody here has got to see the video and hear the song. Yes. Um, I'm so excited, guys. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Friday at midnight. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm so pumped. Chantel, what was your reaction to this? Did, Did you get to check this out? What was your reaction?
2: The video is crazy. Like Kendrick, the way that he drops. And we know like the heart series, you know, every time you see the heart part, something, you know, it's going to be absolutely fire. And this one was, man, you talk about some of like the greatest verses that Kendrick has. Um, the last part of it kind of being like a eulogy. Like it was pretty dope. And then the video, like the way Kendrick does things, I can't wait till Friday. Um, I We've been waiting for Kendrick to drop an album for a while. So I'm pretty hyped for it.
0: Yeah, I'm. So, I'm so hyped. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. <clears throat> excuse me. And it might be kind of crazy, but that video is probably one of the better hip hop videos I've seen in a long time. Like, I don't care too much about videos, but it was so creative, was so well done, so with the deep fakes, with the lyrics and everything. Like, yeah, Brian. I know I hit you with it, and it was in the middle of you watching. Your Miami Heat play, uh, so you didn't get to it till later. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you Miami Heat Chantel he, was front, man. No, Chantel, he be front, man. Chantel, he be front, No, Chantel no, was front. no, Because no. I, I don't we, have Chantel. You know, because you're a Knicks fan, and you know yeah. we didn't like anybody associated. With, you know, you know how we feel about Miami Heat. I see you shaking your head. You know that I,
2: I, I like. I don't care lines. for Alonzo Morning, man. I remember.
1: No, <laughs> me neither, but like I like this current team a lot. Okay, Jimmy Butler, probably my favorite player in the league. Um and is a defiant motherfucker and I like defiant motherfuckers, uh, as is Eric Spolstra, Bad Man of Bio, Kyle Lowry, etc.
0: Did you so, like Did you like the hard part five?
1: Yes, very much so. Um, you know it was a, it was it was Kendrick being Kendrick in a lot of different ways and also some things I didn't see coming. And I don't want to speak too much on it because you know how Laird Kendrick is. Like we really need to sit with that for a long time. I've only played it three times and that's not enough to really get all the references. And I felt like each of those three times I was able to catch more things. We're going to get more into Kendrick's album next week, but I am absolutely looking forward to it because once again, Dexter, we're in a year where hip hop gets off to a slow fucking start because nobody yes. wants to drop early in the year and everybody's scared. And we've had, I don't know, a few good albums this year, uh, potentially or something along those lines. Like, I think I could form a decent top five. There are some albums like Denzel Curry's that I love, that I've played a lot this year. I really like Vince Staples. And there was something else that came out recently that I liked I'm trying to remember Pusha T's, though I didn't like it as much as the other two. Um, I still liked it, but there's not a lot to pull from in terms of this year. And I also probably have to go look at some of the underground shit and some of the London shit because that'll probably round out my top 10 anyway. But I expect Kendrick's album to be talked about next week on our show and later this year when we have our year interview. We will. I'm excited about it. I think it's great. I lo- Also, I know I, know, I love
0: because I'm Marvin Gaye fan, love the Marvin Gaye sample there. I want you, yeah. which is a great album, great song. Uh for those that don't know, Chantel, I know you know about that because you went to the old vinyl and classic soul and all that, so it was good. Chantel, anything else you're looking forward to in hip hop this year? Uh any any anything you're looking forward to down the road?
2: Um, well, I think uh, I think there's rumor that Cole's gonna drop again. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. I also like Dave East's album this year. I thought it was pretty solid. That one's been in rotation for me. I love the Vince Staples album. Me too. Um, but I think, I think I just wait for like those guys to drop, right? It's like always Kendrick and Cole. Um, like those are the guys you definitely want to look for every time. So, no, yeah. please,
0: Please do note, people, our Canadian sister here did not mention Drake at all. Not once. She did not hey. say anything about Drake. Ah. I like
2: Drake, but I like, you know, like, I think Drake's supposed to drop too, but I'm not always going to it. Like, I haven't really, like, loved something from Drake since, like... Ever. <laughs> no, I liked, I, 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 loved, I liked, um... I like So Far Gone. <laughs> like, you know, when, when that came out, you know what I mean? Oh, like good. so I, I long liked, ago. Oh, my. Jesus. Exactly. That's, a long, time, exactly. that's a long time ago, though, Sean that's, Sean, what that's what I'm saying. Time. You know, but, like, Drake is good. Like, Drake is, like, the type of rapper that you put in the car that, like, everyone can enjoy. Because it's not like I'm going to be in the car and, like, listen to Benny. And, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, this is dope. You know what I mean? Benny's you've got to get better
1: friends, then, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> listen, my, <laughs> my Canadian girlfriends all like Drake. You know what I mean? So, um, they all no, like Drake. I love
0: this. I'm shot. playing Drake She's I don't I don't I don't even brother.
1: dislike Drake necessarily, but like I just he's just so overrated to me. I, li- I, li- I, li- I like Drake. I'm just kind of more into that vibe with Sean. Like he like. just he because he he's a dude like people do this all the time now, but he drops albums and I'll see or songs rather. And I'll just see people eight minutes after it drops just putting the lyrics on Twitter <laughs> like it's supposed to be fucking the captions deep. on Instagram. And it's like and it's uh. like yo, this is like it, it's fine. You know what I mean? Okay, like, it's an
0: okay bar. It's not even that. Like, again, I like Drake. There's Drake music I really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say, we talked about this on the show before. I just don't think he makes great albums. And so, you know, when it comes to that, I prefer artists like Kendrick or Cole, um, who I think are the two best of this generation. And, yeah, you know, sure. that's Kings of Clouse 3 Drake. might come out this year, Dex. Who? Kings of Seas 3 might come out this year. That might come out this year, too. So we'll, we'll see. I'm also, yeah, the fall off, uh Cole, definitely looking forward to. I think that could be coming. So we'll see. It should be an exciting hip about Chantel. You have rocked with us longer than even we expected. We thank you. It's been fun. And because I found out you're a Nick fan now, you got to come rock with me on my NBA show. We got oh, to We're going to have to link up. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have to do some uh, trips down Nick's misery lane and, Potential mixed futures and stuff. We'll, we'll y'all have a very. I dig that. We're gonna have
2: a good time with that because there's a yeah. lot of misery. But I think yes. we're I think they're gonna make some some good moves. Hopefully, y'all have okay. a very
0: important off season coming up. We do. We off-season. do. Chantel, Chantel, I'm have to get you on in the off We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk about that. That is Chantel Shand. Um, Uh, Chan, right? I almost messed that up again. Almost messed it up there. See? You
2: got it right. You you corrected yourself. That's good I corrected
0: myself. I was like, (laughs) ooh, I I corrected myself. Please uh, follow her. Check her out. Her work. She will see her with Brian a lot on Fanduel. They do a great job with all the combat sports. I enjoy watching you guys when you're on the live stream. So seriously, uh, keep keep it up. Also check her out on TSN. So for Chantel and Brian, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.